What is good? It's me, your friendly neighborhood nerd, the Bobo, and I want to welcome you guys to a new decade, a new year of Bobo's Block. Yo, oh my god, like, it's, we made it. My nigga, we made it. Um, <laughs> we are in 2020, and I am so excited to all that we have going on, and all that I'm about to be doing in 2020, and I want to thank you guys for joining me here. If this is your um, first time, I want to thank you for tuning into this weekly um, block party that we have here on my show, and if this is your third or fourth or seventeenth time, whatever, what up, Dauk? Um, it's been a minute, and I can't believe that you guys made it to the new year with me. I'm so happy that we were able to um, put on the show again. And if you guys do not know, my show is exclusively sponsored by my Patreon. My Patreon is where you can do the most support for me and for all the events and activities I have going on. Um, I'm also doing this show over Instagram Live, so if you want to ever catch me live recording this, it will be Mondays at 2 p.m. that you guys will be able to tune in and check me out recording this episode. I want to give a shout out to everybody who's in the chat right now for Instagram Live. What up, JD? What up, James? Um, and everybody who's trickling in as well. You guys are big ups and big supporters of me, and I really appreciate that. Um, Firstly and foremost, I want to go ahead and give a shout out to my newest Patreon um, person who just ended up subscribing this um, last month. Her name is Rowena. Rowena, thank you so very much for your support. And also shout out to my other patrons as well, Dark Cat Pouncing and um, Subtle <laughs> Exotical Z. I can never say the name. It's really, it's like... <laughs> it's very difficult for me when it's like an X and an O and then it's like other words. Yeah, yeah it, it happens. Well, yeah, I want to give a shout out to my Patreons because they're really um, people who keep me going and keep me up and up on this mic. And I really, um, I really don't have anybody to to like give things to. And when they came around, I was like, oh snap, I have stuff to give them. Um, you guys will be having comics and um. And other swag and merchandise coming your way very soon. I'll be messaging you guys directly about that. If you want to get in on the Patreon swag that I'll be giving out this year, all you have to do is go to patreon.com forward slash Bobbo. That's patreon.com forward slash B-O-B-B-O. And that's what you can do, again, the most support for me and my shows that I have going on. Um, speaking of Patreon and swag, I'm not only a creator on Patreon, I'm a supporter. Um, Shout-outs to the Shortbox Podcast. It's the premier comic book podcast here in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, I am a Patreon subscriber to them, and they hit us up with some exclusive Shortbox swag of Pogs. They had gave us... Four pogs. Um, I don't know if you guys. Well, I know you guys on the audio can't see this, but um, I'll read off what these pogs are. The first one is Gracie's <laughs> Gracie's Dan Arts, the Instagram star. This is one of the cats from the short box. <laughs> it is Botter's Houseplant or Potter Houseplant. Um, we also have Rufio Cordero, one of the other cats. The Dark Protector, one of the other cats from the short box. And we also finally have a dog. Um, we have Sandor Hoy, Hoy, the killer with a golden heart. So yeah, these are the, the pogs that I got from the short box for being a loyal subscriber. I think it's like over $10 or so. Um, and I also got this dope bookmark. Um, it's Batman and his Rogues Gallery. This is done by Ed, one of the short box crew members. Um, you guys can check his art out. Um, I think it's EdBots3000. Um, I'll try and double check that and put the link in the show description. Show description. Um, yeah, so we want to get into like what I've been doing over the holiday. Um, I have content for you guys that I recorded back in 2019. It's there. 
I just had a really busy holiday that I did not have the opportunity to upload it to the um to the feed. But I will still be getting you guys that um that block party that I promised you and also that Watchmen overview of the entire series or what we think is the entire series um, for that. So be on the lookout for those to drop firstly on Patreon because those will be bonus episodes and secondly um, to drop on the feed. So again, if you guys want to get all that stuff for, for me first, subscribe to my Patreon. Now again, at patreon.com forward slash Bobbo. Um, I went in... Spent a lot of family time this this holiday. It was me, um, a lot of friends, a lot of family, a lot of parties, a lot of um, alcohol. <laughs> um, had had a blast or so, and I just kind of had a had a time to relax. I didn't realize how how tired I was um, with between running back and forth with wrestling shows and doing open mics and doing everything else that I have on my plate or so I just needed a little couple of weeks, literally a couple of weeks to kind of like take a break. Um, I have been working behind the scenes, getting things prepared for you guys and getting things ready to kind of go forward into the next step of Bobo's block and into the next step of like my brand for the neighborhood nerd. So you guys should be on the lookouts for that and should be ready to get some major updates. Um, I will be having a, uh, what well, was like a like a, a subs- email subscription coming out in sec in a little bit, so you guys can kind of like bloop, get emails for all of my shows that are going to be upcoming, all of my um, events, a lot of my podcast um, topics and things like that, um, Patreon updates, and you'll also be able to get like I said wrestling updates when I have those available for you guys. Okay. Um, so for that, for the, as well, I went to a lot of parties. Like I told you, I went to a lot of friends' houses. I went to a lot of actual events around Jacksonville, but the biggest party that I was able to kind of take part of, I went to AEW Dynamite. Um, so AEW Dynamite is the newest, well, AEW is the newest wrestling, um, promotion that has hit the scene and it's really changed a lot of on the wrestling, um, format, of how things are kind of like seen as like the hierarchy um they've been climbing the charts and they have a lot of the greatest independent wrestlers out there right now and dynamite is their flagship show that and they are actually stationed here in jacksonville so this was a homecoming show for aew um aew was on fire like i i got to experience um what they call aew dark they record their dark matches and put them on youtube got to probably be able to see their dark matches from jacksonville tomorrow on their youtube um they had austin gun and billy guns the gun yeah the gun club um versus sean spears and some jobber that we did not know his i think his name was like Preston or something like that. I think I was the only one like trying to encourage him. But yeah, like we we chanted that we don't know this guy. Um, and we also had a dark match for Awesome Kong versus another oh poor jobber. I've totally forgot her name. I think it's like Ashley something. And we also finally had SCU versus um, the Hybrid Two and Kip Saban. And that was, those are really good four dark matches. Like, those are, like, almost, like, main event quality for a couple of those. Um, I was very impressed with a lot of what AEW did production-wise for the show itself. Uh, We started off with, like, Cody versus Darby Allin for the rematch. Because the last time they had a a countout, no, I'm sorry, a time limit draw. Um, then we got into a lot of crazy, crazy matches like, um, 
My favorite matches had to be the main event because it was the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, the Elite, versus versus um, the Lucha Bros and Pac. When I tell you, even though they lost, I am giving the Lucha Bros my Wrestlers of 2019 award right now because there's one thing seeing them on television. There's one thing seeing them like, oh, wow, man, I've watched them on Lucha Underground. I've watched them on AAA um, pay-per-views. I've watched them on TNA. i watched them on AEW. But there's nothing like seeing Phoenix and freaking Penta in person. Those men, and also with Pac on their side, those men do not obey the laws of physics. Like, literally, they were doing things that they should not be able to. Um, Phoenix did some crazy shit where he like went up on the top rope and did like a reverse neck breaker and hurricanrana onto the Bucks from the outside of the apron onto the inside. And he also like, he got up and kicked Kenny. Like, I don't know what he thought. I don't know like what, like he did to make it work, but it looked amazing. Penta was just everywhere. Like Jesus and Pac. Pac is so buff, he shouldn't be able to do what those like what what this buff ass man be doing. Like I finally get to saw his like um black arrow. That thing is beautiful. Jesus Christ. That is an amazing move. Um but yeah. It was a, a really great show and we also got a um I think it was a fatal four way for the women's championship between um Hakiru Shida, um Britt Baker Nyla Rose and Riho, and that was a, a surprisingly amazing match. Um, we also had Taz on commentary as a guest commentator. Tony Siobhan was not in the building that night, but it was really, really good. Um, we in Jacksonville are a very like smart mark crowd, so like if you guys are ever able to to watch it, watch that episode back and just listen to the crowd reaction or so, you you'll you'll see how like um the crowd really plays a big part into wrestling events and wrestling shows. So yeah, so I'm glad I was able to take part of that and kind of be in the be in the numbers as they would say um for fans. With me being a wrestler, I'm still a huge fan of wrestling. So I love those moments where I can get to sit back in the crowd and not have to worry about like, all right, well, I have to go over this and go over that. And like, say, do I, do I hurt them this bad or do I, do I <laughs> like, I don't have to worry about who I'm fighting. I just got to watch who's fighting who. That's basically it, man. I really enjoy being a fan of wrestling. And I, I, I honestly don't think I'll ever lose that, that love of wrestling, even though I may get like, old and decrepit or whatever i think i'll always be a fan of wrestling <laughs> so yeah so moving on we're gonna go into my upcoming shows and events so if you guys already know um i do have an up and mic coming up on the 14th of january it's the wonderground we had to do a cancellation of the holiday wonderground because again super tired also a lot of other stuff came up and a lot of other things that i didn't expect happened um or so so we had to kind of cancel that one out but we are on for the 14th and the 28th. Um, we will be down at the Manhattan down on 345 East Bay Street in Jacksonville, Florida. You guys can join me and my my homie DJ K Cuts. Well, she'll be spinning on the ones and twos. I'll be on the mic, and we'll have an open mic um, and poetry cipher for everybody who's going to be there. If you guys haven't experienced poetry cipher before, it's like something you've never, ever seen. And I can't wait to let you guys experience it really like dude like it's so dope like it's um 
it's like when poets just get together and just start ripping, dog, and it's just our pieces. And I, I've done it before with a few friends, but I want to make sure that we bring that platform or that opportunity to a huge, huge, huge light for you guys, okay? So, yeah, so let's go ahead and get into Around, Around the, the net. Net, 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 net. So, in this week's Around the Net, um, we're going to be talking about, as I said, my first reactions to the New Mutants trailer. If you guys don't know, New Mutants is a adaptation of the actual comic book of the same name. New Mutants is going to be the continuation of the X-Men story without the uh, the original X-Men crew. This one is a lot different than we expected. Um, we've heard what's been going on with it. Or if you haven't heard what's been going on with it, it's been in production. Or it's been done for quite some time. I want to say about... A year almost now and with that being done we went into kind of edits and reshoot mode because Disney bought Fox and Disney kind of didn't want to do the full-on horror story as we were told they weren't going to do a horror story for New Mutants but now we get this new trailer it's still going to be in the horror genre I don't know where it falls in the timeline. We don't know if it's going to be actual MCU or if it's going to be actual like, oh, this is the final closing out of the Fox slash um, first class or whatever, whatever mutant. So we get to the start of the trailer and this girl kind of bringing back her memories and things like that. But then they kind of show you where they are in this hospital. And this hospital is run by a doctor who's trying to examine them and learn them about their powers and she tells them that they are mutants and she don't know you know what a mutant is and stuff like that but you get to find out that this hospital is not a normal hospital it's a hospital designed to reenact or relive your greatest fear and play it back until it kills you the kids figure that out and they they vow to escape we don't know if they're going to make it we don't know if they're going to actually um we don't know if they're going to actually survive to be in the mcu so that's the biggest kind of like cliffhanger for me right now. Will they survive to be in the MCU? But if this is how they treat mutants, this also explains where the mutants have been this entire time. They just lock them away and put the put them in these little hospitals or cages. That would explain like, oh, why why we haven't seen mutants. I think they're trying to try and tie up all of those little loose bits and ends. But this will be a interesting way to introduce mutants into the into the marvel cinematic universe and i for one am still on the fence about it i don't even know if it's still going to make it to like to the actual theaters hopefully it does when it does i'll give like a full review on the movie because this has been something we've been waiting on shoot for a while it's supposed to come out this was supposed to come out around 2017 2018 but now it's 2020 and here we are just getting our first trailer that's what we're gonna. That's what I'm gonna leave it off with. That. Um, next up on the docket, uh, we have. I'm sorry, the blocket. I told myself I'm gonna stick to that. I'm gonna call it the blocket. <laughs> we have PS5 updates. So PS5 has been rumored for quite some time. We don't. We know kind of how it looks. We kind of know how the controller looks and things like that. But we don't know what it really is gonna do. We all know about the Xbox Series X and all of, all the compatibility that it's gonna have with the Surefire basically a PC and it's not going to be a console to me. It's going to be a PC. So (laughs) 
we're going to go ahead and look into the PS5 finally. And they finally give us a hint of what, well, a little bit of what it's going to do. There are rumors floating around that it will be backwards compatible all the way back into the PS1. So that's PS1, PS2, PS3, and PS4 games available for play on your PS5 with a possibility of 4K gaming um, that is that is going to be... Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I can't wait to see how we um how we integrate the actual the actual um PS1 games because I would love to play something like a Jet Moto or like I said Crash Bandicoot Racing and things like that. We haven't been able to experience games like that in 4K at all um with the rise of remakes and remasterings you you'll, you'll be surprised on how many games that playstation has that i would love to kind of just sink my teeth back into and i can't wait to kind of get my hands on on the new system when it comes out but i still have a lot of old games that i still need to um kind of beat i'm not the i'm not the best Ah, uh, yeah, Earth One Gym would be an amazing addition to 4K gaming. Jesus, think about Earth One Gym in 4K. Oh my God, thank you for that, James. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I have a lot of games that I know myself. I have to beat still from the PS3, PS4 as well, and there's still new games that I still want to pick up, such as like the last, um, the Jedi Fallen Order, um, and so many other like RPGs and like. A lot of MMOs that I have been neglecting on my end as well. So yeah, so we'll see how that goes, and I'll keep you guys up to date for any more PS PlayStation Five updates that I get or around the tubes or around the net. Okay. Um, nextly, I'm going to be talking about a huge thing that came out um, this holiday season: Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. I want to go in and give my full kind of like word on it, and I really do want to preface that I'm a pure star wars fan like i have been a star wars fan for as long as i remember i think that's one of like the biggest franchises i've been in like a fan of since like childhood like i would watch all the movies on television when they came on um and then when i was able to start buying like my own dvds and stuff like that mostly i bought like star wars prequels and crap like that and i was just <laughs> yeah i'm a huge star wars nerd i'm a rebel alliance scum to the death of me i Walked into this movie blindfolded, like blind. Like I, I kind of tuned out everything, and I didn't want to um, get any spoilers, any other crazy stuff in my head. So I went ahead and went in blind, and I just watched the trailers. That's all I really wanted was trailers, and I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Like it was a very good send off for the franchise, for at least the Skywalker saga, Skywalker um, family, and all included. That was a great goodbye. It really was. Um, it was a love letter to Carrie Fisher, and it was also just a action-packed thrill ride. I enjoyed every minute that I was able to watch um, The Rise of Skywalker, and I want to thank everybody involved in those movies and everybody involved in the last 40 years of Star Wars for all of you giving us. And I really appreciate every single second. Like, uh, yes, I will admit there are flaws. Yes, I will admit there are things that I wish that we can go back and change. But as an overall experience... Ah, oh, masterpiece. So, um, the issues with it, um, there were problems because they kind of gave, well, J.J. Abrams gave in to the fandoms, gave in to the fanboys, and he cut Rose Tico completely out of this show, um, completely out of that movie. And Rose, in her, in her actual role, if you go by lore, 
she played a pivotal part. She was literally the commanding engineer of the Rebel Alliance at this point. She she ran all the ships. She was in charge of literally all of the fleet. Yeah, and uh, well, technically, all right. So technically, she had a huge part. We just didn't get to see it. Um, James just pointed out on Instagram that he said that that it was spoiler alert. If you guys haven't seen it yet, that Palpatine technically won, and the Skywalkers were wiped out. Um, I don't think Palpatine won. I'll speak on this for a second. Um, with Palpatine, he lost because the Sith were actually wiped out. They're still Jedi. The Skywalkers aren't all the Jedi. Like, we wiped out all of the Sith. All of the Sith lived within Palpatine, and we killed him. And we, he didn't get a body to resurrect into. So that's kind of dope that there are no more evil? I don't know. And so there always be light and dark. So, but the current lineage of Sith use well Sith Force users are gone. Like that's literally zero at this point. Um, yeah. So we're going to be rebuilding the Jedi Order. I do and lo- I do love the little. Well, I did love the the nod that they finally did to Carrie and Leia's character and. And officially canonizing her as a Jedi, that after the 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 return of the Jedi, she went into training. She did all of her mastering of the Force, and that would also explain and give a big f you to all those people who were like, "Oh, she shouldn't have did the Force glide back to this thingy because she doesn't know how to use the Force." She does. She's a full-on Jedi master. Go figure. Who would have thunk it? A girl who was the daughter of Darth Vader and the sister of Luke Skywalker. Oh, Jedi Master? Oh my god, girls can't use the Force? That's preposterous. Get off your high horse. So yeah, so um, she was the full Jedi Master. We finally got to see Leia's lightsaber. But I do love at the end of it, she was they were able to give Rey her own lightsaber. Because if you think about it, Rey has been using somebody else's saber from the beginning. And the whole thing about being a Jedi that you have to craft your own saber. And with her saber, it is a golden, um, it is a golden blade, which means she is a temple guardian now. It is a good tradition that they kept up forward that there is someone to guard the the knowledge of the Jedi Order. And I'm glad that they chose that. Like subtle details like that really makes makes a difference for me and for fans who actually care about these little things and so with the force awakenings and with the last jedi and now with the rise of skywalker it was able to seamlessly bridge those gaps between the legends of the old extending universe into now what is the current canon universe and i really appreciate that um, so overall, for this Rise of Skywalker, I, I would give it like a good 4.5, 4.7 out of 5. I'm truly happy with it. Like I said, there are things that I wish I can go back and change, but there's things that also need to make sense because we're moving forward with the story. So a lot of these people do have to kind of get phased out canon-wise. And um, it's going to be interesting, interesting to see where they take the story of Star Wars into the next generation. I'm very... Very excited to see um, in the next two years. I think they're taking another two-year break and then see what they're going to come up with next. So hopefully, fingers crossed, is going to be a dope new story, dope new um, protagonist that we're going to be following for probably not one to three. Not I don't think they're doing trilogies anymore. We're probably going to be following this story for about like one to two max movies. So yeah, it'll be something that I am 
excited or, or kind of like waiting, waiting with bated breath. I would say waiting with bated breath. That's a good one. <laughs> um, nextly, we're going to be talking about what happened after Star Wars. So, John Boyega and um, Oscar Isaacs are the GOAT. Uh, both of them, even collectively, as Finpo, GOAT, as <laughs> as themselves, GOAT. Um, so, they're done. Like, they're done, done. Like, I, like they're not coming back. Finn and Poe are gone. Um, and even if you didn't think that they were, there was like a little hope hold up. Nope, nope, nope. Especially not after what they just did. So Oscar Isaac is going on every press tour. So saying that he's been a little bit upset that Finn and Poe aren't gay. And he's a little upset that like, there were a lot of things that he didn't take into consideration that the actors wanted him to do. And they were really speaking their mind about where they are, um, where they are, like, love-wise with the franchise. And it, it, Oscar said it plainly, like, I'm not coming back. Like, it's, there will be no more Poe Derrick at all. Never, never again. Like, he doesn't want to do the shoots. He doesn't want to do the franchise. He doesn't want to deal with any of the fans. He doesn't want to, well, not like the, he, when I mean deal with any of the fans, he means the toxic fans. And the same thing goes for John Boyega because, um, he went to Twitter and started trolling Raylo fans because, it, just as us, he was sick of that, like that, that rhetoric and that bull crap that that Kylo Ray and and Ray were supposed to be together, and they were locked and they were in love, and like they weren't in love, they were literally trying to kill each other for a majority of the movie, and maybe that whole rhetoric, that whole like thing of like, oh, if you hit him, that means you like him, like no, it's stupid. I don't know what you were doing, J.J. Abrams, and there was a kiss between Kylo Ray and um and Ray. Ray at the end of this whole well around the third act of this movie and everybody's like oh Raylo's confirmed they were in love like nah I don't know why they put that kiss in there I really feel like the kiss between Kylo Ray and um Ray were was really irrelevant and not needed it was just literally cannon fodder and fan service um there was a lot more that could have been told story wise for Finn and I think that the original, well, the original trilogy started to where it was supposed to be about Finn and finding his abilities within the Force, and that just kind of got put to the back burner because they wanted to satisfy these Raylo fans, and he kind of spoke up on that shit. Like it's crazy. Like he he was trolling them for a good day and a half, and I really enjoyed it. Um, and they got upset, and they were just like, "Oh, he needs to be canceled." But like honestly. Thank you, John Boyega, because a lot of these racist, bigoted um, fans who do not need to be within the fandom um, finally got a taste of what it feels like to be the quote-unquote targeted or trolled or so. And I really do appreciate you taking that bullet for a lot of us Blurred fans and a lot of us um, Finn fans out there. I was also a little bit a... Taking back about the new decals that they put out for for the, for um the Star Wars franchise, they put out decals that was a depiction of everybody. And with Finn, all they did was put like a black circle with two white dots, his eyes, and they did like a little fuzzy fuzzy for his hair. Yeah, I need for somebody to go redo that. Like, give him some actual definition and some detail. That was lazy. Please fix it. Thank you, Disney. Um, that's all I'll say on that part. Um, I have been spending my entire holiday as well 
catching up on a lot of shows, catching up on a lot of movies and stuff that I that I've missed and I haven't been able to kind of watch or give time to as I wanted to. So what I will do is give you a quick rundown of what I've watched and kind of tell you guys how I felt about it. So finally got a chance to catch Bumblebee. Oh my God! Yes, reviving the franchise's love in my heart. It did that. Um, next movie, I just want to see nothing but Transformers. No humans. Give me more Cybertron. Boom. That's all I want. Um, next one I caught up on was um, oh what did, I, what did I see next? I'll go I'll go to the crappy ones because those are the ones I remember the most. Uh, next one I saw was Hellboy, the 2018 Hellboy. Um. Yeah, it was bad. Like, I'm not going to lie. It was a really bad movie. But, um, as the initial things, like the initial review said, it has glimpses of greatness in it. All I really think that Hellboy needs is a re-edit and take out all that unnecessary Osiris stuff and take out all the, like, cr- like cringy jokes and stuff. And it would be a really good movie. Like, it will be cut down to, like, an hour 15, hour 20. But, like, yeah, it would be a really good movie. Like, I, I, I enjoyed some parts of Hellboy. But the the overall of it was just like, come on, what are we doing here? Um, I also got to catch Robin Hood. Robin Hood was another one of the movies. <laughs> like, there's something here, but like, is it? Mm, I, it just it may. They did too much. They try to modernize Robin Hood while still keeping it in the past. It was really weird. Like, I think Robin was drinking Duce at one time. That, that was awkward. Um, and he. Also was like in in Crusader Seal Team Six, so weird. Like they even had like their 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 armor or their vest or whatever that looks like regular combat bulletproof, and they would not have looked like that back in the Crusader times. And I, I hate that they did that. And they were doing like <laughs> they were doing like close quarters combat with fucking bow and arrows. They don't. They didn't work like that. There were a line of archers, and they just shot off. Like if you were doing that, they were doing short swords. They were doing like. It didn't work like that back in the Crusades, but still, I digress. Like, um, the story took a, the story was straightforward, and but it also suffered from what Hellboy suffered from: too many plot twists. And I didn't think there was a op- option of having that in the story, but there were way too many plot twists in Hellboy and Robin Hood. And there were things that convoluted the story and got you away from what the actual um plot line was. So. Keep note of that. Keep note of that. Directors, writers, whatever. Like, just keep it, keep it simple. Keep it simple. Keep it simple and pure. And that's what I really enjoyed about a lot of the other other movies I watched. I was able to go ahead and catch up on Detective Pikachu. Detective Pikachu is so lovely. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, Ryan Reynolds really can charm the pants off of anybody, even as a Pikachu, even as a Pokemon, charm the pants off of anybody. Um, I also was able to catch Fast Colors. Fast Colors was something I was really um, looking forward to watching back. Um, I think it was October of 2018. Yeah, October 2018-ish. Um, but it got a limited release, and then it got a limited, limited release. And then it just went straight over to digital. And I finally got a chance to sit down and watch it. And it's a very good movie. Very good movie. I highly recommended it. Um, it is a superhero movie like none other um, a fantasy or magic movie like none other and it is a movie about empowerment of black women that I really do enjoy the message to so go ahead and check that out um, Fast Colors is on Amazon Prime and also on Epics if you have Epics with your cable subscriber um, 
Bubble Me was on Amazon Prime, and I watched that. Um, HBO has Hellboy and Detective Pikachu. Um, um, yeah, yeah, so getting into the TV shows I watched, um, I was able to catch and finish The Witcher. <sighs> so good. Like, The Witcher is really, really good, and I really appreciate the writing staff and just the the cast in general that went into The Witcher. Um, there was a lot of diversity that you saw on screen and off screen through their efforts, and I really do applaud that entire team. Thank you for that, and I cannot wait until season two, and I will need for you guys to toss a coin to your Witcher, oh, <laughs> as well as you toss a coin to your Babo. Toss a coin to your Babo by going to patreon.com forward slash Babo, B-O-B-B-O. Can't <laughs> um... I didn't watch it, but I, I followed along with the the Twitter threads and the Twitter Twitter memes or whatever. Use season two if you guys are into drama, suspense, murder, and romance. You guys should check you season one and two out. Um, I know there are people out there who cannot watch the first season, well, watch the second season without the first. Go ahead and go back and watch the first season, and then go on and you you move into the second one. Um, it's really good and it's very suspenseful. Um, I really enjoyed what it brought to the table as in, um, binge watching material. So, yeah. Um, Don't Fuck With Cats is a really good, um, recommendation as well. What I watch and it tells you a a modern-ish day story about how you don't fuck with geeks and you don't fuck with our, our, our favorite things on the internet, which is cats. Um, they help find a, a serial killer and, like, it, they really do their due diligence here and this is what i want hackers to be able to do in real life do good with your with your abilities and your skills please please um oh yeah and lost in space finally i'm i'm still finishing it but it is a really good update to the first season um it picks right off picks right back up where they left off and you guys kind of have to see what happens from there if you guys did not check out the first season lost in space I would suggest that you go ahead and start there and then say get the full gist of the family dynamic, get the full gist of the actual parenting, which is their lack thereof, and see how this family comes together and tries to get off this fucking planet with a broken spaceship. Whew. Alright. Um, and lastly, I, I finished up The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian was a beautiful finish, and I can't wait to see where we go with this in Season 2. And Season 2 has been confirmed and announced to be coming out this, I want to say this fall or winter of 2020, but it will be coming out this year. So you guys, get get ready for more Baby Yoda, get ready for more Mando, and get ready for a lot more Star Wars lore to be ignited in your hearts, alright? Alright, so um, that has been it for Around, Around the Net. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break for you guys. And we're going to go ahead and um, start come back with the future of futurism. And I will go ahead and do that after this quick little musical break, alright?
Alright, and we are back. Um, again, thank you guys for joining me here on Bobbles Block. And right now, I told you guys we're going to be talking about the state or the future of futurism. If you guys um, know me, you guys know I'm a huge tech head. And I love things that are very futuristic and things that are bringing us closer to the age of the Jetsons. Um, and I don't want you guys to get this confused with the... Um, the term of Afrofuturism, because that's going to be a totally different um, episode of Bible's Block that I'm going to be talking about. So, futurism is going to be basically the predictions, the the updates, the technology that is bringing us forefront into where we are merging what Black Mirror has been showing us to the actual reality of what things are. Black Mirror is a great place to start, because that is a unique take on futurism that I really enjoy. If you guys have watched those episodes of Black Mirror, you will see things such as, like I said, um, robots who will hunt us down and kill us because we stole a can of food. We've seen um, the the contact lenses that will play back the entirety of your life. You've seen people being trapped in a mental state of blockage. Um, like, literally, it's so much that has been going on on Black Mirror, like such as, like, virtual reality gaming and things like that, that you may think, like, oh, this stuff is way too far ahead or whatever. But, honestly, it's actually around the corner. We have so many advancements that we have at our fingertips right now that brings those things to life and brings those things into a... How can I say a a context of science fiction into science reality? So, science reality is something that I like, or a phrase that I like, because we've seen things such as like the the iPad, or we've seen things such as like um, our cell phones. Those are things that were honestly science fiction way before. Well, they were science fiction before we even knew what they were. So, like, the communication devices that we have now, the ability to use augmented reality, the things that we are able to accomplish just in an internet standpoint. Like, you can contact someone from around the world without even leaving your home or so. And that's light years beyond what Thomas Edison was originally thinking of with the telephone. Like, (laughs) um, I know for sure I have been... A, I'm not a futurist, but I love futurism. <clears throat> I've been able to look at things such as like H.G. Wells and predict um, and see his predictions of what the future would look like. And like from where everyone thought we would be in 2020, or just even like 2007 or 2001, or like in the 2000s in general, they thought we would be so more advanced than we are now. And that's been such a snail's pace of a of a growth rate for for humanity as a whole. I honestly thought that like we would never get to where we will have flying cars. But if you look over what the actual patent works and um, certain blueprints and things that are, are published for public, well, published for public <laughs> review, um, there are concepts of things that are, are, are real now. Like we have planes that can take out vertically. We have spaceships that are, are able to hold um, passengers to go up to orbit or so. We have ability to to kind of work our way into what that future that we've always kind of looked towards, but there's certain things that are blocking us. There are certain road road hurdles that we can't avoid. Like there are a lot of technologies that's not up to par at the moment. There's a lot of energy sources that we have not been able to tap into because I had, um, had a, had a dream. Uh, I was like, what if, what would I, what would I do if I wanted to build my own spaceship right now? How long would it take? 
what materials would I use? What would I use to power it? How would I move around in space? Because a lot of people don't realize, like, the conventional the conventional ways that we move around on Earth do not apply to space because there's no mediums to actually to use. Like, you won't be able to use jet fuel um, because there's no real, like, oxygen to burn. There's, there's certain... Yeah, there's certain things that, like, you wouldn't be able to kind of, like, compensate for that you normally would use here on Earth. So, yeah, James has said in the chat, I'm, I'm kind of glad that things have slowed down. I thought we have hit the singularity by now, although Google is closest to being Skynet. So, yeah, we're going to talk, we're going to talk about Google and um, Amazon in just a second. I wanted to get into the spaceship dream that I had as well, but I definitely understand what you mean here. We have an integration of technology into our lives to where we honestly can't we can't see where the technology ends and where where the actual human resources begin because if you look at it now there's a lot of things that you don't really think of as tech are really tech like the the small things that you take for granted like um a lot of people really wouldn't even um consider their microwave as technology now. Like, they wouldn't consider their lamps as technology. They wouldn't consider their, um, their AC as technology. Like, you just think these are creature comforts that we're used to. And, like, honestly, these are technological advances that put us so far ahead that we didn't need to, to kind of ramp up any further. But here's what I would say that we do need to kind of start taking into consideration what we do next. Because with the whole whole debate of climate change and the destruction of the earth uh, that's imminent at this point um we know it's going to take only 300 billion dollars to fix everything just kind of stop what we're doing but we know that the people who have the opportunity to do that won't so we have to kind of start thinking what our next steps are honestly i've been joking about it for years but i feel like the next steps will be to move in moving underwater like set up underwater or underground basis i know i'm gonna sound so conspiracy theory here like it's so crazy but like um there more there's more land mass per square footage underwater and underground than we have up on the surface and we've screwed the surface um there the water well the oceans take up 70 percent of the earth's surface and we only have 20 to 30 percent of that mapped the other 70% is uncharted, unknown, and in the dark. Just think about how much more land there is to Earth with the oceans. Like, so much. So, I, if we're not going to go into space, we need to go underwater. And honestly, I feel like that's where my spaceship would lie, would be underwater. Because it gives you all of the mediums that you're used to, and all of the protection that you would need from, say, like the UV radiation, the smog, and all the other crap that's going to be on the top of the surface that we're trying to get rid of. But you get to kind of do everything that you 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 fantasized of you'll it'll be kind of like your flying car you'll have your well like your submarine be like your flying car we live um in domes or in bubbles or, or terrariums and stuff like that man it's it would be something that you have to kind of adjust to but it wouldn't be a big drastic move and say we move from the surface to the moon like i honestly do think colonization of the moon will be a thing, but I don't know if it will be a thing within my lifetime. 
and that's the that's the whole heartening part of it. Um, colonization of the moon or going in space exploration in general is one of the biggest dreams of, of mine and I really wish that I did have the opportunity and resources to build a spaceship because I would be able to build a ship that would go into orbit and then from orbit just try to explore as much of the stars that I can until I die. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I was a little bit morbid there, the last part. But yeah, but uh, I would try to explore the stars as long as I can. It's just something that I've always wanted to do. The stars fascinate me. Space fascinates me. Celestial bodies fascinate me. And I really want to take time out to actually just be in that in that space, <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> in that, <laughs> I want to be in that realm to where I can see things that I've always looked at through a telescope with my naked eye. Like that's what I want. That's what I want. And we have to figure out a way to get to there. Um, but slowly but surely, we're doing that here on Earth. We have that that our our internet overlords and our um known as Google are the alphabet company because people think that Google owns everything but Google is actually owned by the alphabet company. They have to split up their have to split up everything they do into conglomerates and also the subdivisions so they don't get kind of um red flagged by the Better Business Bureau and all the people who control like control the stakes in business so there's no monopolies and things like that because if you look at it google's huge are the alphabet company is huge they own a lot of everything there are people like that that are pushing us forward into the future such as um elon musk elon musk is trying to trying to change transportation as a whole as it is like we see him with his electric cars but you also don't know that he also has the pork the board company that is trying to do trans city portals or trans city tunnels that go from like san fran to l on um, vegas he wants to do la to new york he wants to do dc to new york he wants to Make these tunnels to where we can go at like supersonic speeds without worrying about anything. And you'll be in places like in no time flat. Like it's again, it's like they have, oh sorry. They have um such a different outlook upon where we are. Like people like that, like Elon Musk and things like that have such a different outlook on where we are technology wise. And they know what we need to do to push forward. I am super impressed by what, I'm super impressed and super scared by what Jeff Bezos is doing. Um, Jeff Bezos is coming out with a new Echo, um, new Echo something every other week. He has the Echo Dot, he has the Echo Frame, oh sorry, he has the Echo Dot, he has the Echo Show, he has the Echo Home, he has the Echo Auto, he has the Echo Kitchen, he has the Echo This, the Echo Refrigerator, and now he has the Echo Frames. The Echo Frames are the newest thing that I've seen out with him um, with Amazon where you can bring your A word because I have mine right here she's listening to me she's probably going to kill me um, <laughs> you can bring your A word with you everywhere she is in your classes and she will have a um, speaker that uses bone induction bone conducting frequencies to relay whatever she's saying into your ears um, bone conduction isn't a new science or a new thing or whatever, but it's just a new way that uh, that she is using um, is using your actual uh, body as a speaker. Like it's really weird. Like you can hook up your echo to kind of anything, as long as it has an aux cord, you could get up to it. But we don't have an aux cord as humans. We have 
inner ear canals. And for those to work, you have to have vibrations. And that's what those those inner well, that's what those um bone conduction speakers do. They use the vibrations from whatever the frames that you're wearing or whatever, and it boom brings it into your inner ear canal and it's decoded by your brain and you hear words. Awkward, right? I'm super excited and super scared by that because with the integration and how deep the integration is that we are doing, we already have that point to where we're so oblivious to our phones. Like our phones are always attached to us, either where it's in a pocket, in our hand, or somewhere close to us, but we're never without our phones as a normal person. Like as a normal person, there are, there are, there are variables to the standard to where... There's people who don't use phones. There are people who don't um, work, like who don't use their phone. It's like you, it's like you use your phone to do every little thing, and they still have their memories and things like that. Um, but yeah, we have it to where we become somewhat dependent on technology, and I think they've realized that, and they're trying to integrate it deeper to where we are seamlessly involved with technology to where. There may be, there already have been introductions of implants into human bodies to where, like, you can pay, pay digitally or with the RFD scanner by just waving your hand over something. Or you can have a heads-up display within a contact lens. We talked about that last time. And we um, have it to where you can have administration of medicines via um, implants or contacts. Like, it's so crazy of what we have available are things that we are able to do it may not look like the jetsons right now but we are within that realm of of where we can see ourselves with the ease of life as the jetsons do we have smart homes we have smart um cars we have smart phones we have smart everything except for smart people and that's where I'm worried about because I don't want us to get too dumb that technology has to be more than just like a crutch. And, and, and I don't want it to be a life support at, at, at to an extent. That's what I'm trying to say. I want technology to be a tool that enhances our ability to live, but I don't want it to be life support. What do I see the state of futurism in, coming up? Well, in, well, from now, like I honestly... I honestly want to see where it bridges the gap between, not between people as it's say communication, but it's people between ideologies. Futurism is a great gateway to where we could see ourselves represented somewhere. Um, Star Wars is a good example of this. There are so many people, races, and species represented within Star Wars, but the whole thing is about unity. It's about unity and coming together to fight a common cause and i think that's what futurism needs to focus on next where it brings people together morality like yeah morale wise and ideologically to where we can all be on the same page i i love seeing representation within futurism such as like i told you we'll talk about afrofuturism later on but i want to be able to see where we can finally get to a place of peace that's the biggest thing that I've always always wanted from the futuristic stories that I've read. Like we've we've had to where like they're peaceful people. We've had to where there are times of peace, but there's always some chaotic factions, some some random racist, some bigoted, homophobic, like xenophobic type group of person that just f's it all up. 
and I want to be able to see a world where we don't have to worry about that, where we could just kind of be. And that's all I want. Like, the, my, <laughs> I always have the running joke of there are billions of, like, when we, when we watch something like Doctor Who or, or something like Star Trek, like, there are billions and billions of stars, and there are millions and millions of species of aliens, but to somehow there's still a white person who hates me because I'm black, and I never get it. Like, there's so much going on, and you still hate me because I'm black. And that's what futurism has always had that flaw within it for me, and I feel like we need to address that within ourselves and within our species as humans. Why do we have that thing where we still have like some budding hatred for each other, even though we are in a setting where there's anything that's possible? But yeah, it's cool. That's another day. Well, um, I think that's all I have to say on this subject, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap that up on here on my end. I'm going to wrap that up on my end, so... um. I have been your friendly neighborhood nerd, the Bobo. You can catch me on any social media platform at Bobo FNN. That's B O B B O F N N. You can catch me on YouTube at your friendly neighborhood nerd Bobo. You also catch me on Podomatic if you're listening to this one. Um, but we are as well, it's besides Podomatic, on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Deezer. Um, you guys can listen to us on all of those platforms and go ahead and share the block with your friends and your family and let everybody know. I said I do this every week, Mondays at 2 p.m. on Instagram. If you guys were joining me there on Instagram, thank you guys for checking me out. Um, I really appreciate the support. And again, to support me the best way that you know how, um, it will be to go to my Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Bobo, B-O-B-B-O, and you guys can sign up for one of my four tiers there, and that's said from there, you guys can get exclusive content, bonus episodes, and also upcoming swag and merch from me, your friendly name and nerd, the Bobo. So, I'll be signing off once more time, and thank you guys for kicking it on the block with me. Peace! <laughs>